Hi, welcome to the Camacho Careers Podcast. I'm your host, Lori Camacho. The interview you are about to hear was conducted live and has been edited for your listening pleasure. To join a Lori Live interview or to participate in the Camacho Career Support Group, please find us on Facebook at the Camacho Careers Group page. For a list of upcoming events or to contact me directly, please visit lauricamacho.com. I'm excited to have Amber Ambrose from Ambrose McDowell Communications, and we're going to be talking about uh, writing your story, communicating online, and using social media to gain visibility. So Amber, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, happy Friday. I'm Amber Ambrose from Ambrose McDowell Communications. Um, I have been a freelance writer for the past 12 years or so. Um, Actually, that's a lie because I've been a business owner for three years. Uh, Before that, I was a freelance writer and that's how I got into doing social media and writing and started a writing agency. And there we have Ambrose McDowell Communications. Thanks for having me. Amber is from Houston and it's kind of interesting. She's been through a lot of different things with her business. You guys survived Harvey. Yes. Right. So um, we started, or I made it official in May of 2017. So this is our third year in business officially on May 17th. And um, right after that, in August, my house was flooded a second time in Harvey. Um, and luckily I'd had a, an employee or almost more like a partner because we were just tackling the work together. Um, and then I made it official because she kept us afloat, pun very much intended. And, uh, and now she's my business partner and it went from Ambrose, Mc, Ambrose Communications to Ambrose McDowell Communications. So. That's great, and someday I will meet her. I haven't met her yet. Yes, she's wonderful. She's a little bit more of an introvert than I am. So um, she's like, you do those things. <laughs> Which is great, because now she keeps our clients happy while I'm doing these things. That's great. She's so what services are you guys providing right now? Our main bread and butter is basically running social media accounts on behalf of organizations and companies. Mm-hmm. And by running, I mean like we take all of their accounts. We have all the access, sort of like the, the biggest clients that we have. We're running them every single day. We're putting the content up. We're getting it approved. We're responding to con- comments and messages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on their behalf. Um, because they either don't want to have a person on staff to do it or they want a team like us to be able to do it mm-hmm. um, or they just sort of are somewhere in between those two things where there is a social media person but they have other things to do and we can kind of fill in the gaps but that's our main thing we also do copywriting mm-hmm. uh, and recently we started doing things like writing custom poetry um doing tarot card readings for fun uh, well i'm sure we can get into that later but so yeah anything that deals with communication and writing and words and occasionally cheese poetry yeah <laughs> so i thought it was really funny i was driving down the freeway today and of all days i happened to pass this i don't remember what it was like a scion or something like that but in the back, it had a wrapper on the back window and it said, get Instagram followers, 5,000 in one month or something like that with this email. And I thought, how perfect when I'm meeting with Amber, I can talk to her about what she thinks about that. What do you think about all these people? And they're even popping up on LinkedIn where they're saying, we'll get you followers for, you know, so many followers and so much time. I think it's, um, I'll censor myself here. BS. Uh, I think it's total BS. I think there, I'm a person who I think you can do things, you can work smarter, not necessarily harder, but I also believe there are no shortcuts. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there may be some sort of bot that you can sign up with or some sort of like scheme where I know there was a time where follow unfollow was like a very popular way to get people to like kind of trick people into following you and then make it still look like you had the most followers on Instagram, but then you would unfollow them so that your numbers, the ratio of how many were following you versus, you know, would look in your favor. And I'm just a fan of um, inauthentic ways to grow your account. I think the best 
most solid way is the long view, mm-hmm. which is consistent curated content um, that is high value for your the people on the other side. It is engaging where you're like talking to people, just like you do, Lori, on LinkedIn. You're so great about having actual conversations with other human beings yeah. as if you were another human being. You know, it's like, uh, it's just like our conversa- conversation now. I think that's the best, most solid way to grow followers is just putting out content and uh, for the sake of providing value and conversation. Mm-hmm. So whatever you're doing, much better than I think some sort of, you know, like it's just like any get rich quick scheme. It's sort of yeah. the same baseline. If you need 5,000 followers for some reason, I say there's no harm in trying it out. Yeah. But I think for building a long-term brand is probably not the best way to go about it. Yeah, it's really interesting in this market because it's a fine line. I teach people about networking for business and it's so hard because at some point you do need a number because that number does illustrate your um, visibility and your expertise. But then at the same time, that number is not as important as who is in the number, right? So it's this really kind of weird balance um, that social media has really put us into. (laughs) Right. They were all looking at those all the time. Even my 10 year old daughter is like, mom, how many people are watching? I'm like, well, I don't really care, but you know, I understand that it's, it's like a human nature. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, credibility is always great. Um, social proof is a word that gets thrown around a lot. Um, that basically proof that you're audience is getting something out of it by like sticking around and having enough numbers to make it worth it. But yeah, but um, yeah, I don't, I guess I'd have to know more about the mechanism of how it's, it's going. I knew there was a trick on Facebook a couple of years ago where you would choose China as the audience, but if you're getting all these followers in a country that's not buying your products or related to your brand, I just feel like those things eventually catch up to you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm too much of a believer in karma. Well, and what I love about what you do is that you started as a writer. So it's really about the message and how the message is written. So what advice do you have to people who are starting their story online or starting their brand? How how do you, would you recommend they begin? Just by doing it. Um, The way that I learned how to, well, I was, so for me, it's a natural thing. It came like English was always my favorite subject in school and we all have natural talents, right? So maybe yours is creating beautiful images or having an eye for photography, or you are really good at coming up with funny jokes. Um, Whatever your innate communication talent is, if it's visual or um, if you really know how to make a cool video, whatever that medium is, figure out what it is that you like to do the most, because if you're going to do this, you have to sort of enjoy some of it. To mm-hmm. a point. Um, and then I say just put it out there and see how people respond. Um, because I'm a big proponent of learning by doing. You can watch 800 hours of YouTube videos on like how to craft the perfect Facebook post. Yeah. And no minutes crafting the perfect Facebook post, then you're not going to learn. So mm-hmm. I think just by doing it, and I, did a LinkedIn local panel recently where that was a theme that came across as like, I think people are afraid sometimes and I do not blame them, especially because when you open yourself up, then you also on the flip side, open yourself up to criticism. Yeah. You open yourself up to the, you know, receiving comments that you cannot control. Mm-hmm. So you have to give up a lot, a little bit of control to see the results. And I, I think, I mean, this is not like a life class, but (laughs) maybe a life lesson for us all right now too. (laughs) Like you got to put it out there. You got to be brave um, and just go for it. And even if you, if you set a small goal for yourself, like if once a day feels overwhelming, like, oh my God, I can't do that. You don't want to stress yourself out. Mm -hmm. I start small and grow from there. Like if two posts a week is something that you think I can do that and it's going to be Tuesday and it's going to be Thursday and it's going to be between these hours that I'm going to dedicate 
I think that helps us get more into a rhythm mm -hmm. without overwhelming ourselves because it's like, sorry, my. I just saw that too. Like, dog. <laughs> random animal legs on the couch behind. <laughs> um, that I think a few sets small achievable goals, like, you know, you won't get burnt out as fast because yeah. just, I used to, in my youth, in my twenties, I used to be like, ah, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to go all in and then you get burnt out and you're like, I'm never, ever doing that again. Mm -hmm. so I don't want you to feel that way. I want you to start small and grow up from there. How's that? So how do you balance that? So obviously some people obsess over what time to post and what you know all the different aspects of it and then other people just say post whenever you feel like posting because then you'll be more authentic with your posting but let's get real sometimes a week goes by and you're like i just am not i'm sick of it like i don't feel <laughs> i don't want to do it right now and, and then another week goes by so how do you stay motivated even in those types of stents where you don't you don't even know what to create no i that is actually such a good perspective um because Sometimes I'll be like earlier, some of my, okay, here's the crazy thing. I feel like some of my most popular LinkedIn posts are the ones that are most from the heart, like in the moment I was bathing my four-year-old and like really feeling like I was, I was going to melt down from, you know, all of the things coming at every one of us right now, mm -hmm. um, all the changes that we've had to go through. And I just sat down and it was like this heartfelt post I was sitting on in the bathroom. Uh, and it just kind of struck me. So for me, it's when inspiration hits and I don't want to miss that message, even mm -hmm. if I'm bathing a four-year-old in the bathroom at 6 p.m. on a Wednesday night. Um, I know not everyone has that pool. So I think you can start off small again if, it, if communication isn't like your number one thing is if you read an article or something that someone else has created that moves you, that you have the ability to share and just give, why did it move you? Why did mm -hmm. you care about it? What do you think other people could get out of it? And it doesn't always have to be an original thought deep within your own self. Um, mm -hmm. It can be a reaction you have to something that is interesting um, that you think other people would also enjoy, but like put a framework around it. Don't yeah. just share it without commentary. Because that is how people will get to know you a little bit mm -hmm. better. Yeah. That is a little snippet of yourself that you get to share. So tell us about, I know um, you have some really amazing success stories of building, like you're saying, that connection and that community. So tell us about um, what kind of uh, success that you've seen and what that did for the company or for the people that were involved. Oh, sure. Yeah, so we approach content as content creators um, a lot less from the selling perspective than we are the growing relationships perspective. So just FYI, that's kind of where we come from, where I personally come from on all of this. There is a time and place absolutely for sales and metrics and all the like deeper strategy stuff, which um, I'm happy to talk about too. But I think one thing that we have seen is um, we have a client that is actually, they sell drag racing parts. First of all, the person that I work with and have worked with for six years on that account, he is a visionary, I think, in his field. So I credit to Brandon. <laughs> and he kind of, you know, he had the vision before anyone else did. Mm -hmm. uh, so drag racing is not traditionally a, an innovative field. It is like super old school, which is actually kind of why it's awesome in a way. It's like old school muscle cars. You're building out these cool, you're getting these vintage cars and putting these giant engines and like going an eighth or a quarter mile down a track at, you know, insane speeds. But there's definitely a community there. Okay. These mm -hmm. people gather at the track. They like to talk smack to each other. Um, they like to show off their cars. They like to show off the engines, you know, cause you're working hard. It's a passion. It's a hobby, something you pay money to do yeah. instead, and for the most part, instead of getting paid. So people are like so pumped to talk about it. And he had the vision and we executed to build a community of over a hundred thousand people on Facebook and, um, sell exclusively online. And he kind of built out a website that was much more e-commerce friendly 
Um, so we didn't do that part, but he, he did that. So it helped plug into the social media efforts we were doing. We started a, an editorial piece called Car of the Week, which is a big deal for them. People get to show up their cars. We, we built like just a quick interview Google form that people fill in. We crowdsource content. We get to share it. And it's like a big deal for them mm -hmm. going on for three years to an audience of 100,000 plus people. And we've been able to take that community and build a better business. Um, we've been able to do giant sales off of it because it's a loyal following that isn't just there for just the parts. They're there for the community. Yeah. So um, that is one example of how that sort of approach. I mean, it's like five years of work. Yeah. You know, it just builds every year, mm -hmm. but it's not like this quick pixel Facebook campaign that's just like churn and burn. It's, it's a mm -hmm. long term ongoing effort. Yeah. Um, and I, I completely agree. That's like in my own working with cl clients one-on-one, -on -one, helping them with their social media, their own personal branding. I always tell them, don't hire me if you just are looking at your next job. Because right. to me, if you want to build a really good career for yourself, it's a long term thing, right? You don't want just your next job. You want to never be job searching again. And the same thing with this company, right? They want to be using this now good community to build all these other ventures and ideas. So the internet has changed a lot in the last, you know, 10 years even. So where do you build these communities? Like with this car, you said that they had the car of the week newsletter. Yes. Are blogs still happening? Yeah. Where do you think a lot of the communities are really, where do, are people turning to get their communication? TikTok? <laughs> Sure. For this one in particular, it was, it is currently on Facebook mm -hmm. um, because that's where they were at the forefront of all of the business focused communications, I think, in the beginning. And that's where we built the community. And so we just continue to keep up what we built over there. And we've transferred a little bit, little bit of it to Instagram because it's such a visual thing to show up your car. Yeah. Um, but we just tied it into the blog, like you said. Um, mm -hmm. And that brings traffic to their website. It also helps their search engine optimization as sort of like, that's not why we do it, but it, it is a side thing that, mm -hmm. is, oh, we're up in the, the rankings from organic search. Yeah. And so that's, it's been like a whole bunch of things and it gets them to the e-commerce website where we link different products in, in the posts as well. So there's a bunch of layers there. Um, and then also people have like printed them out and framed them because uh, they've been so excited mm -hmm. to their cars and there's not really been a community for them to do that in this way. Yeah. Other than like traditional drag racing magazines, which the average person is probably not going to be featured in. Yeah. So it's kind Definitely. of to do that. So um, which platforms are you guys using the most? All of them with your uh, company? So we are what we see with our uh, ourselves and our clients is that Facebook, because it is sort of the JJ Watt of, of social media and that is multifaceted. Mm -hmm. um, he's great at defense, but he can also run a touchdown in a defensive. <laughs> like, you know, he's just, he hits all, he's a nice guy. He's got all Donates a lot of money. I don't think Facebook does that, but <laughs> I feel Maybe like they earn a lot of money. <laughs> right. He's got a beautiful, are they married? I can't, I think they got married. Anyway, the Houston, former Houston Dash player, who was awesome. Oh yeah, they were, I remember they were dating. Yeah, they might, I think they might've gotten married. They finally tied the knot. Um, so that's kind of how we look at Facebook. I think again, because they are on sort of the, the forefront of everything. Yeah. It just gradually added on like the polls or um, they've added on the offer function that if you're an e-commerce business, you can put coupon codes. Um, They've got the events, which always, you know, I feel like has helped a lot of our clients in getting on site traffic. Mm -hmm. um, so I think for functionality, it's Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, I think for anything visual or smaller shops, Instagram has been really helpful and also for younger skewing audiences. Yeah, which Instagram and Facebook are together. Yep. Yep. So that makes it even better because you can kind of hit the younger audience and the older audience. Yep. And you can integrate. Like if you mm -hmm. don't have time to post 
on both, you can hit one button and it goes to all the platforms, which yeah. I don't always recommend. But if, I mean, if you're starting somewhere, it's definitely good to just put it out if you're already creating mm-hmm. content. Um, so Instagram has also really been big for our food clients because a lot of great pictures. Yeah. LinkedIn has been good for us as a company. That's where yeah. I met you too. Um, and also just for, I think, kind of setting yourself up to be a voice in your industry mm-hmm. um, or someone who has strong opinions <laughs> about things. Um, so I think LinkedIn has been really, really helpful for B2B stuff. And for me personally, yeah. I've gotten a lot of it in the last few years that I didn't before. Because it definitely has switched from yes. only well, career to building. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask you. So I was talking with, well, I was um, conversing with some people in my network this week and they were talking about how right now TikTok and LinkedIn are the best for organic growth because the way that they work is when you post something, if people um, comment or like on it, then more people see it, right? Versus where on Instagram, your success is really, well, your visibility only grows with your hashtags. You have to get into the right channels. And they also talked a lot about how uh, LinkedIn and TikTok don't have paid ads. Um, Whereas like Facebook and Instagram, they do have the paid ads. So it is kind of interesting how each platform has its own way of of, uh, bringing you visibility and it's very different. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's the way that they monetize themselves, how it Mm -hmm. LinkedIn does have ads, but they're not, they're just different types of ads. Yeah. And I have not seen a lot of great return on our objectives on it. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they make the most from people that get the premium accounts or recruiter yeah. accounts and that kind of thing, which obviously makes sense. And I've heard they're super valuable for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more of a service model than an advertising model. So that makes sense there. Yeah. Instagram, it is, we have noticed it is actually harder to get traction than it used to be. Um, like it, even with the hashtags things, people will like your content and they'll comment and everything. They yeah. won't follow your account. Yeah. Um, so which makes the hashtag super important that you have the, the ones that are the most popular for what your objectives are. Mm-hmm. So for someone who's looking to build their long-term content, like uh, content planning, yes. what would you, uh, what advice would you give them as far as uh, or do you have any advice on how to do that planning effectively? Sure. I think if you are, it depends on your level of organization. Um, I know just from our limited experience, Lori, that you are very organized and I so appreciate that about you. Because sometimes I fly by. I don't feel very organized, so I appreciate your comment. <laughs> no, I was just telling my husband, I was like, Lenny, it's so nice because. I can tell she does technology and this kind of thing for a living because she really thinks about all of the the things that could go wrong and she prepares for them. And it's like so nice to be partnered with somebody like that because I'm not. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sort of flying by the seat of my pants sometimes, which is why I'm so lucky to have hired some organized people on my team. Yeah. Uh, but they do build out calendars for the month. Um, and it's, you know, sometimes it's, deals with the national awareness days that pop, have been popular on social media for marketing. National pizza day, national wear socks to work day. <laughs> yes, like literally pretty much anything you can think of. Yeah. Um, and again, I think it's the same with anything. It's like, don't only do that. Yeah. Because it just gets sort of, it doesn't feel genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ones that like, okay, if try to pick like three things that you want to talk about on a regular basis. Um, you know, whatever category that is and how it relates. Again, it's funny because everything comes down to goals. Yeah. Um, if your goal is to brand yourself as a personal trainer, then pick, you know, whatever your meal plan, you know, three things that you want to talk about on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. And I would say, try to put that in a calendar to remind yourself as a reminder or on an actual calendar alert or as a piece of paper that you write ideas on. Um, However you are most organized, do that. And then sometimes you will come up with things on the fly 
because that's just natural. You'll be scrolling. You'll be like, this is so cool. I have to share it now. And you will. Mm -hmm. But for days when you're like, I just need something for the visibility factor. Yeah. um, Look at your list. And, oh, I haven't posted about how much I love my Ninja Blender yet. And that is on here for twice a month. Can you tell I got one last Ninja week? Ninja better be paying you if you're <laughs> posting twice a month for that, man. <laughs> exactly, right? Um, I'm supporting you. <laughs> yeah, they should They should be your part, partner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's something about like smoothie of the week. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Definitely just make a list that you can go by. Um, if you're more organized, then it could be like Tuesdays. I'm always going to probably post something from the Washington Post or... Yeah. Um, some, you know, whatever it is, but like, I think having a bit of a formula mm-hmm. is helpful because when you're brain dead, it'll give you some prompts that you ha- you'll be like, thank you past self for being organized enough to give me this list. So I don't feel overwhelmed right now. Um, and past self is like, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so thank yourself right now for what you're going to help your future self with. Yeah. Um, and w- which is going to be giving you your self topics. And then that also gives wiggle room for when you are feeling inspired, when you're excited, when you do have some brain power to share stuff on the fly, which I do feel like is always the best thing, but it's not always realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, content calendar. I've seen some apps that can help like, Hey Orca, I've never used it. I see it mm-hmm. advertised all the time. Um, even just like an old fashioned calendar or a template spreadsheet will help. And even if you start wide, like with a theme, rather than a link or whatever, start there and that at least give you a prompt. So do you use like Hootsuite or something that will blast out to all of them? Uh, We currently use Buffer right now. Uh, I really like Agora Pulse too. Mm -hmm. I think Hootsuite is fine. I just kind of whatever interface works best with you and whatever types of content that you're sharing, I think it helps. Because like if you're doing a lot of Instagram, there's not a whole lot of schedulers that allow you to use it to its full extent mm-hmm. um, because you still have to post a ton through your phone. Yeah. So if you need to be like scheduled out on Instagram, it's really hard to do that right now with with the tools out there. Um, please correct me if I'm wrong. There, If there is a tool. I'm trying to think. I used one before. I thought it was an Instagram planner, but I can't remember. I let you see your wall, right, before you posted, but oh. I don't remember if it actually timed it and posting it or not. Because Buffer right now does let us do like a single image with a caption, mm-hmm. um, and then it's great because the spacing, you don't have to do the dots. Uh-huh. It oh gosh, does. I hate that. I do that all the time, and it's I hate when you do the dots and then it like cuts it up. So then all of a sudden your sentence has five dots at the end and you're like, ah. Yes, it drives me nuts too. Um, But so I, that has been helpful for that. But like we we have noticed for some of the B2C clients that we do, that Mm -hmm. stories is huge on Instagram. Yes. It moves the needle. Like I hate to, I'm using jargon now, which is like actually my anti, it's my life's mission to not use word salad. Um, So I don't want to use move the needle, but we've actually seen real time sales happen with like gift cards or um, people going in to like get burgers or whatever from Instagram stories. They're super powerful. Wow. You are like brainwashing people. They they see the story and they get the burger. (laughs) If you have really good images and really good video and you catch somebody at the right time. Yeah. And I could use a burger right now. Cause that is how I am too. Uh, mm-hmm. especially, you know, when your moments of willpower are weak. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And yeah, I, I have noticed, I don't know if it's as, uh, effective on Facebook, the Facebook stories, but the Instagram stories are very effective. And, uh, I also really like the Instagram TV. Yeah. Those it's are pretty cool. good too. And it's cool how it integrates with the timeline. Um, yeah. that you can do like a little teaser and then if you want to do more you click on it and you get to go watch the cool video yeah but they've done a good job with that um but yeah buffer's been really good for us um scheduling and it also allows like for us to have i say set a baseline mm-hmm. you have like two posts scheduled out for the week and then again it allows you to build on top of it if you have time and energy if you don't you already have two posts ready to go yeah 
And yeah. that's, that's good. So I think it's interesting, um, especially on LinkedIn, like I was saying, I think the likes are down somewhat, but I post stuff on there and I won't get, like some of my posts won't get as much interaction as I would want them to get. But then when I meet people, almost every person I meet is saying, oh, I saw that post. That's great. And so I think it's really interesting on all these platforms, how just being consistent, whether or not you get engagement is really effective for your own personal or company branding. That is an awesome point. Yes. I have seen the same thing is that if you post regularly, don't get too wrapped up in the numbers, like you said, because mm -hmm. there are people that are just voyeurs <laughs> that are just scrolling and watching, or that's just not a natural thing that they just, they're on it. They yeah. don't care about the, the likes or whatever, but they're, they're absorbing it and they're seeing mm -hmm. it. Uh, and your name is going to stand out when, when they see it, if you're doing it consistently. That was a really good point. Thank you. That's another selling point for my clients. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. So when they don't get the likes, you can say, you're still getting the visibility. <laughs> Absolutely you are. Yes. So, so what kind of advice can you give when you're working with a client? And you don't have to give all your secrets away. But um, I do notice a lot of people will create like a quote slide and it will be standard and they'll use it over and over again. Not like, you know, back to back, but they'll use it periodically. What kind of branding tips could you recommend or do you use with your clients to help make not just the person um, memorable, but also the brand memorable? Sure. Well, we honestly struggled with this in the beginning because it was just two of us and Canva, we didn't know Canva existed, which... If no one, if you get nothing else from this, which you're going to get a lot, by the way, <laughs> please, if you need help with graphics or you're looking to up your graphics game on the social media side of things, Canva is going to be a lifesaver. Um, it's not a secret. I will sing it from the rooftops. It's $12.95 a month. And I think it has grown our business more than anything we've invested in. Other than people, my people are... <laughs> Yeah, you're thing because they're awesome. Yeah. Um, but the tools that you have on Canva are crazy. And for someone who just sort of dabbles in visuals like I do, mm -hmm. I feel like a rock star because I'm like, oh man, I made that. But really, Canva did just made it really easy for me. Um, so I would say get Canva, number one. Yeah. Um, and Canva helps you organize like a whole color scheme. So I keep the same fonts, the same color scheme. Um, if you have sort of like backgrounds that you like to use. Yeah, like you said, I think consistency is important. Yeah. Um, if there's a certain look that you like to use or certain types of, like, if, for instance, on, I guess because it's visual, I'm thinking about branding in a visual way on Instagram. But yeah. if you have photos that have a certain, like, sort of saturation or filter or a way that kind of goes with whatever you're trying to promote, just make it consistent because I think it makes a bigger impact that way. Mm -hmm. um, and stick with it. You can still vary it up. Don't make it like cookie cutter every time. Yeah. There are ways to add variations upon a theme. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, you're right. It is important. Or if you have a water watermark with your logo, that can always help. Um, or build a template where you can mm -hmm. switch things out of the template to make it look different, but that it's obvious that it goes with your brand. Yeah. And Canva also does uh, resumes. They're a big resume builder. Yes, they're and that your resume will stand out in a pile of Word docs. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. and you can add some some visual stuff because we are visual people. Yeah. Um, no matter. Well, we're becoming more visual. Yeah, I think um, our communication is becoming more and more visual as we are told so many things. Yep. Um, I because mean. A total side tangent, but I do think that I was, you know, watching some TED Talks that were telling, talking about how often we get lied to, and we get lied to so many times a day, and I think when we see a picture, we feel like we're getting less lied to, Interesting. even though it's not always true, because they have really awesome, like, facial swapping out. I don't know if you've seen the, that technology, do but it's pretty impressive, but um, I do feel like with pictures, people feel like it's more real, even though we know with Instagram, there's a mess behind that picture that you take of the cookies that you just baked. There's a whole like, you know, flower everywhere probably. 
but there's something about the pictures that I think we do feel more uh, related to it. And that's why pictures on LinkedIn always do better. Yeah. Um, if you have a picture, if you post a picture on Instagram of yourself, it is way better than your quote text typically. Yep, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. Something to do with relating to, like, I think I've heard faces also tend to do better because it's like just natural human instinct, the way that we've evolved to recognize mm -hmm. faces, which is interesting now that a lot of us are wearing masks in public. So yeah. like. I mean, if you do look this versus this, it's a huge difference yes. psychologically. Yeah. Um, so I agree. Yeah. Is imagery is going to be important. Um, and like you said, with the quote thing, I do, I do like quotes. Don't make it your only thing though. Yeah. Um, which all of you are very smart because you're already here and you probably already <laughs> knew that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, sometimes a quote moves people. They move me. Yeah. But um, imagery is always better. And it's okay to do things like sort of raw too, mm -hmm. in a way too. Like you said, I think it would be kind of fun to do like the perfect cookies, the pile of cookies fresh baked with a cold glass of milk, and then like take a real picture of what your space, you know, like Instagram versus reality. Yeah. <laughs> you're, like, yes, you're right. That's, that's right. But like, I mean, we don't want to see the the flower everywhere all the time because yeah. it, that's what real life is and I guess maybe some of it is a little bit of an escape mm -hmm. but do remember, it's not always real yeah and I think the one thing that holds a lot of people back from starting their own business or even posting is they're just afraid that they can't stage that plate of cookies perfectly Right. You know, that they can never build a brand that's good enough. And now there's these tools like Canva and there's all kinds of YouTube videos and, and they can help you. But at some point it's like, just take the picture and you'll be surprised. People will like it even with the flower in the background. Um, it's just a matter of, like you said, just doing it and practicing it and learning from it. Yeah. Because you'll get better. Mm -hmm. It's just natural you will just get better at it because you're like, you'll discover a new tool. You'll discover your Canva, whatever that is. Yeah. Tell me about it when you do. Cause I yeah. <laughs> tell us all about it, please. Just sing it from the rooftops. Hear it. Hear it. <laughs> all right. So there's a question coming in. It says, I used to use notes for my Instagram content and paste in, and it kept the spacing, but it doesn't anymore. How do you recommend hashtagging not being much together with content? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so this is, I'm all for emojis, but I don't want a huge line of emojis. So what do you recommend? I know some people put the hashtags actually in the Instagram post, and then a lot of people are starting to put it in the first comment. That was going to be my thing. If you don't use buffer, which most people organically posting do not, and I don't blame you don't because there's no mm -hmm. need to do it. But um, yeah, I think uh, someone on my team went to a social media conference and she gave us like a little snippet of all her learnings. And one of them uh -huh. was that it doesn't matter for engagement, whether you have the hashtags in the actual caption or if it's in the first comment. So okay. I would definitely use the first comment and 11 is a magic number. 11, 11 Instagram hashtags. Yes. is like sort of the, the magic thing. I think you can do up to 30. Oh, I didn't know that. That looks spammy. Um, but also you get a similar amount of engagement with 11. But just research them first. Don't just do it on the fly like I do. <laughs> That's what I do too. Don't tell anybody, please. <laughs> and then you'll get, you'll probably get better engagement too. That way. So how do you research? So, and that's I guess, another good question. Can you reuse the same hashtags? I know sometimes they prefer you, that you don't use the same ones over and over again. I think, um, again, it's sort of like setting a baseline. Do like five of mm -hmm. a basic sort of engagement or the topic that you're really trying to brand yourself in mm -hmm. and then base their other six on that specific post because it'll save you time and then keep that in your notes copy and paste it yeah and then, and then add the ones that you want after that um so it's okay to reuse like the same six every single post and then add a couple others in fact we do that a lot okay we want it to keep showing up in people's hashtag that they're following yeah like, so the, yeah i guess that makes sense and they'll follow it and they'll continue to see 
So how do you know if it's a good hashtag to follow or not? You just go to it and then see how many followers it has. I know when you type it, it tells you that usually. Yes, that is a good way to do it. Um, I also think you want to localize it as much as you can or be more the most specific. You can mm -hmm. have like broad ones, but yeah. if you think about the ones that are sort of in the thousand to a hundred range, it okay. might well, that might be the quality over the quantity. Mm -hmm. um, because if people are scrolling through a hundred hashtags versus a thousand, yours is going to show up a lot easier. Yeah. Especially if you have a really good visual, mm -hmm. um, then it may get more traction that way from the hashtags. Okay. Yeah. And it's interesting because on LinkedIn, you actually shouldn't use more than three. So it's really funny when you see people who are good on Instagram come to LinkedIn. Like I've seen people try to run contests on LinkedIn. I've seen them use a ton of hashtags. And every time I'm like, oh, honey, you just need to be here a little while. And then you'll realize that LinkedIn does not like that stuff. Yeah, I did hear that three is the is like the ideal number. Um, yeah. And I, I agree too. Just I think I'm an aesthetic person with words. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when I see a bunch of hashtags, I just run away because it feels like I'm about to be sold something that I don't want. Yeah. Um, and again, for me, social is about conversation and like learning from other people and growing a relationship um, that they'll want to do business with me because we mm -hmm. know each other so well that they'll trust me and vice versa rather than like selling. That's how I view yeah. it. Definitely. I guess that's a brand mm -hmm. in general, the idea. So um, this question came in, have you ever used a preview app? Preview. I have heard of it for Instagram, I think. Yeah, for Instagram. Um, but I've never used it because I don't know why. I guess because we don't curate the actual timeline as much as we do the individual pieces of content. Yeah. Because I think it makes you, it looks, you can see what it looks like if you have a theme like red, white, checkerboard or something. Oh, so yeah. you know, getting some ideas. Maybe I should use the preview app. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So let me ask you, um, because I work with people all the time and I help them write like their summaries and their about sections. When you're working with a client and you're trying to draw out what is their actual story that you're going to, to show and to tell, what are some of the steps that you go through in doing that? That I, I'm sure anyone on here could apply that as well to their own story. Um, I am a boil it down person. Um, the fewer words, the better, which is ironic because I am a writer. Um, I just think it is, what is the most basic level of what it is that you do? Mm -hmm. um, and try to put it in, like, for us as a business, it's basically that they get peace of mind and they save time on their social media. Mm -hmm. Which for them, they can fill all of that other stuff with stuff they know how to do and want to do. Mm -hmm. So, um, finding a way to like get that point across in a very straightforward way was actually kind of hard. Cause like, I don't know, we do this and this and this and this, but like the bottom line is people hire us because it's like handled. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it like feels so good when you just hand off that thing that you don't want to deal with anymore. Or when you log in and you're like, wow, that post was really great. And I put it out, you know, my company put this post out and they didn't really, you know, nobody did it. I feel that way about our own content because I used to do it all. And now other people on my team do it. I'm like, damn, that was a good post. <laughs> I'm going to like that right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it is try to figure it out. Um, maybe not the features of what it is that you do or the exact like bullet points, but what do you, what is it that you do that other people get value in? Mm -hmm. Um, and how do you put that into words in yeah. one sentence? Um, and actually LinkedIn is a great example of like putting your LinkedIn profile, especially the headline. Yeah. And for me, it was a show instead of a tell kind of a thing. And mm -hmm. mine is, I just changed it. It used to be something else. But it was like communication is my bread, my is my jam and my yeah. bread and butter. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm a copywriter at heart. And so that's I'm showing how I can also be a copywriter, but also communication encompasses a wider range, mm -hmm. wide array of things. I'm not even using the right words. This is great. 
This is Friday at 1.50 p.m. during <laughs> global pandemic. Um, <laughs> so I'm rambling here, which is like also a bad habit. Try to, try to come up with the things that other people find value in that you can do for them. Try to put it in a sentence or two. And if you can't do that, call Lori and she will help you. <laughs> or I can, whoever. But that is like the shorter and the more direct and to the point, the better. And I think practicing your writing, you get better. And a lot of people just don't, don't practice it, right? Um, and that's one of the things with, like you're saying with the LinkedIn profile, I think is great because it forces you. Like I always tell my students, like writing the profile and thinking about your future and putting that into it is one of the best exercises that you can do for your face-to-face -face networking. Yeah. Because as you spend time editing what you're saying, you also rewire how you have it in your brain, right? So you rewire your sentences, your vocabulary, you rewire everything about um, what it is that you're presenting in the face-to-face. -face. And so it's a really great uh, exercise to really yeah. bring it all together. And it ends up being a good icebreaker mm -hmm. um, because it's, you know what I've loved about these, you know, a lot of the Zoom calls and actually a lot of this sort of like virtual networking that we've had to shift to mm -hmm. is that the, for me, I am an, I, an ambivert. I learned this about myself. I really get value out of having quiet alone time, as well as having um, social time with other people. It just kind of depends on the situation. Mm -hmm. But one thing that's been great is I hate small talk. I don't want to talk about the weather. Yes. And no I just like me. No wonder why we get along. This is <laughs> sounds like me. <laughs> and I don't ever mean it as like arrogance, because I know you have to have a warming up period to another person yeah. when you don't know them. And it's it is unnatural to immediately just open up about your life because that's also having not enough boundaries. Mm -hmm. But I think these focused things like this that have started to happen are great because there's a, a consensus basically on what everyone wants out of the meeting or the zoom call, or it's, it's sort of like gets to cut through the, the chit chat that sometimes I think takes a lot of energy out of all of us. Yeah. Do. And it's great because I'm sort of like to the point, like, I want to go home after I finish this rum and coke and mm -hmm. that we learn about each other's jobs mm -hmm. and what you do, because um, that's what I'm here for. I'm not yeah. here to make a new best friend, which maybe I will. That'd be great. Great bonus. Yeah. So let me ask, I know we're kind of running short on time here, but I have, I want to talk about your happiness hour and we okay. have to get to that. But before we get there, I want to ask you one more question. So some comments are coming in and I think this is a good point. So you can create your own hashtag, you can create your own website, you can get on all the platforms. How do you make a cohesive image of yourself out there so that when, like with this car um, company that you're talking about, the drag racing, when they come to one of your platforms, they can easily see all the things that you offer and connect with you. Do you have any advice for that? Sure. I mean, I think visuals, if mm -hmm. you use your logo um, or your face use the same picture on across yeah. all of them so it's consistent same thing with like cover images on mm -hmm. linkedin um which i you guys i've done a bad job of this um <laughs> it's just another way to tie it in uh, visually is like my personal cover photo is different from my company but it's uh -huh. weird because my company one has our faces on it so it's like my face double which is mm -hmm. But um, I think just use consistent cover images, consistent profile images, so that is unmistakable. Yeah. On your website, make sure that if social is a big part of your brand or what you're trying to achieve, put it vis very visible in your website. It's on the homepage, it's larger icons, it's at the very top. Um, make no mistake, don't be afraid to like ask people to follow you on certain yeah. places on other platforms. Um, cross promote. I think those are some ways to kind of tie it all together. Make sure the about sections are similar, if not the same, because I know character counts are different. Yeah. Um, so try to use some of the same language and consistency across the board. Um, and yes, I need to take my own advice on some things. Yeah, I, I do that too. I always, I know what I should be doing, but it is hard to do it yourself. <laughs> I'm always we're, like, we were doing content for a long time. And we truly did not have time to do content for ourselves. 
yeah y'all we have to we just have to do this because i'm a big like lead by example kind of person yeah um yeah that's great and yeah so one of the things that people are chatting about here is using your own personal hashtag so creating your own hashtag instead of having a blog on your website, you can create your own hashtag and then any platform that you go to, if you use it, people can click on it and it will show whatever that medium is, all of that aggregated content. So it is a really fantastic way to, um, you know, pull together all these concepts if you're doing a lot of different things or if you're offering a lot of different um, services, people can click on this hashtag and see all those services together and not be as confused with the things that you're offering. I think that is a really great idea. I just learned something. Thank you. <laughs> great. All right. So before we have to get off of this call, I want to hear about the happiness hour. Sure. Okay. Well, thank you for asking because it really has been such a big joy um, for me personally. And I think my team too, that or they're just not telling me because they're... <laughs> Um, well, you are the boss, so they have to smile right? and nod. <laughs> like, she signs our paycheck, so we better make her happy. Um, okay, so coronavirus, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but it, it um, made us all have to stay home for a while. And, you know, in the beginning, I think the first two weeks, it really felt so much scarier. I mean, it still feels mm -hmm. scary. People are still going to the hospital. It's, it still is scary and whatever. I don't want to underplay it and any suffering that anyone's going through right now. Um, but like for us, we lost a big client right at the beginning. I think people were reacting to things. Uh, we had some projects fall through and financially it was just like, oh man, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And I thought, okay, we're going to hit the pause button on any major decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to focus on the here and now what, you know, of course there were some practical things, but it was like, okay, we need a project to like look forward to something that maybe we could bring joy to other people using the skills that we have between the five of us because there's five on the team including myself and so on our team we have my co-founder is also she is a certified cheese professional which is an actual thing wow i want to be her friend <laughs> uh, she is um certified bougie and she she admits this and uh <laughs> nice yeah, so we like know how to, we go ask her all of the food questions, especially when it comes to cheese. So we have a certified cheese professional. We have uh, someone who's also like really, really good into social media strategy. And she's our person that like researches the hashtags. Mm -hmm. um, she knows how to do statistics. She's really good at LinkedIn stuff. We have someone who's really good at graphics. Uh, we have a former screenwriter and a director and he does a lot of he's our copywriter he's very talented as well so we're like okay what things that we can give to individual people instead of selling business to business could we do that's our fun that is like fifty dollars and under um and that's how we came up with our happiness hour menu and using sort of the still communications based things that we do plus some cheese things we uh we came up with a menu of, of happiness that's what we like to call it um some of some of the options include like a custom poem. I've written a lot for Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. um, and it's literally an e-commerce site where you can go and you click on it and you answer a few questions and you pay up front and then you get a delivery of whatever the menu item is. Mm -hmm. um, we are, we're trying to push some of the ones a little bit harder, like um, wedding vows. We'll write wedding vows. We'll do a Zoom virtual wedding and set it up. Wow, have you done a Zoom virtual wedding? Oh, I have to promote it better. But like my husband is a certified like ordained minister. Oh my goodness. And you could do like the beach backdrop so that it feels like you're in Hawaii. Oh, I love this idea. Yeah. Like I already my have husband the and I should renew our vows just so that we can purchase it. <laughs> It'd be so fun. Um, so we have a lot of things like that. We have a, a cheese plate suggestion where she gives you research on different types of cheeses where you can buy them in your area, what they would be paired with. Um, so, and we have all kinds of fun stuff, pop art portraits, if you want to have a cool printout. So, uh, we also have some LinkedIn audits that we can do for people mm -hmm. we go and look at their LinkedIn and kind of tell them where they can improve. Same thing with resume. Um, and it's a menu item. So it's literally runs a gamut. Our, my favorite is our rage letters are called tell them how you really feel. <laughs> the way to release frustration. And then you literally get a letter that we highly suggest you do not send. <laughs> Maybe you print it out and like burn it in a fire. 
um, to like just have that release. But like, we will write an angry letter on your behalf, and those have been pretty popular too. <laughs> so they tell you like who they're mad at, and then you write it. <laughs> yes, um, it gives, and you have a level of cursing that you can choose like <laughs> uh, mild or spicy. <laughs> So, oh, it's like we want Do uh, Donny Osmond or like, you know, I don't know. Who, who's a, a big cursor? I'm trying to think. No, no like Cardi B level. Um, yeah. Nicki, maybe it's more Nicki Minaj. I don't know. I just Yeah, think. rapper level. Yeah. Eminem, so. Eminem version. Yeah. So it's like radio edit or explicit. <laughs> <laughs> Those have been really popular and people have actually been buying them as gifts. Oh yeah, that is a really good idea. Like a really crappy situation, and it's just something fun. And and for us, it's like a heck of a lot of fun to write. Yeah, because it's also cathartic for us. You write the angry letter, and then you're like circulating it to your whole team. Look what what I just wrote. Just be so proud of me. Our copywriter Todd does those, and it's like I didn't know this could be such an art form. But <laughs> it's it's yeah. well, you have the onion. It seems like it'd be similar. <laughs> you know <laughs> in fact our first one was that we wrote a letter to COVID-19 <laughs> is that on the website no uh we need to get permission from the person who bought it I think she'll probably release it it is it was um extra cursing was um so maybe we'll bleep it out just oh you should like uh just get a highlighter and like black it out like you know really ghetto like and then take a picture of it with your phone and yeah. then put it on your website yeah it'd be like a ransom note yeah. <laughs> so that's been a fun one. So oh, good. Give me my April back. <laughs> basically, yes. It was, mm -hmm. it was an art. I, I'm going to have to print out a couple of them and, and when we get in office again, because we, we got out of our lease because, you know, we're all working from home Yeah. Um, to save some more money. And when we get a new office, the first thing that's going to go up are some rage letters. <laughs> Maybe a poem or two. I don't know. Oh, when people come to visit, they'll be like, whoa, these people are really mad. <laughs> they might be worried. They may not want to come back. <laughs> uh, so, and we, we want to add to it. Um, mm -hmm. I think we're going to try and develop some writing classes. Um, like, I think we're going to go a couple tracks of like professional type writing and yeah. creative writing. Um, and so it's going to allow us, it's kind of opened our uh, way of doing business to being like, oh, this is a powerful tool. Yeah. That we're learning as users on how to build it, how to promote it, um, and how to adjust it for the mm -hmm. market. Um, so it's been also a nice experiment that we can take to our other clients um, and build off of, and then yeah. maybe build a completely new revenue stream for ourselves, which is, which is kind of the idea. Because traditional agency is great. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely pays the bills. There's no question about it. Uh, but for me, as I get older and my kids and having sort of, you know, this like come to Jesus moment right now that we're all having is making me realize different priorities in life and thinking if I could simplify um, and not be at the forefront of like all the client meetings all the time. Yeah. Um, I really love to create um, more than I do to manage and mm -hmm. maybe the happiness hour is like a window to find what that means. So, yeah, and I think that's a really good point. Maybe the point that we end on is that we all, I mean, people say, and it's so popular right now as all these coaches are like popping up everywhere and they, you know, they all say, do you work to live or do you love to work? Do you love what you do? If not, you should leave your day job and then you should go and follow your passion. And I think that is, you know, good advice. And I think everybody should be proud of what they create. Right. But I think it's it's really great what you guys are doing in the sense that you know that you love what you do and that's why you do it. But when you start doing it for other people, it begins to be work. And that's, you know, you work to make money. But it's great to see um, a team of really talented and interesting people create something that's just a passion project. And to see it be successful is, you know, I love to see that because it just goes to show that we can have these side hobbies or these side businesses and that they don't have to compete for our main stream of income, right? They can just be something that we do for fun that brings happiness to other people and brings happiness to ourselves. Oh, I didn't look at it that way, but it was definitely something every time I write a poem and it's like therapy. 
Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely like at $15, it takes me like two hours sometimes to get it out. My husband's like, it is not cost effective. I was like, it's not about that right now. Um, it's funny because it's like having a small dollar amount. I want to make it accessible. Yeah. For me, I need, I need the incentive to like get it done and the prompt, but then I do it and I'm like, Oh, this is due. And it's like such a wonderful feeling to hand off this, a piece of poetry or something that is really special to someone else. And like, for me, really special to create. And, um, I know other team members have felt the same way about their assignments and projects. Oh, sorry. One last thing that I thought was so awesome is we, it was, this was their idea. They're so, everybody's so smart. I really get to work around smart people every day and, um, doing Instagram stories for birthdays or mother's day or oh, fun. graduations or think, a think a nurse or whatever. And, um, we did one for a first birthday. It was so sweet. Oh, <laughs> so it was Is like that like, on your Instagram account. Well, since it was a one-year-old, we didn't, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We didn't want to like put it out there, especially before she put it up for her son's birthday but um it ended up being very sweet and because um, you know people I still think paper cards are awesome it's great to get something in the mail but um everything is going virtual these days so that that's another thing that we got to do that was just like you know we put poured our hearts into it and it wasn't like that the cost was just so great that we we're like ah we're so rich um mm -hmm. but like seeing it up on Instagram on his birthday was it like made my heart grow. It felt like the Grinch, Aww. you know, and it grew three sizes. <laughs> I was Aww. like, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It feels so good. So, um, it's kind of, it's, it's a fun thing and, um, it definitely gives us something to talk about. It gives us a new way to market ourselves. Yeah. Um, and people are like, oh, those crazy Ambrose McDowell people <laughs> writing those rage letters. So instead of purchasing an acre on the moon, you should purchase a story <laughs> from Ambrose McDowell <laughs> to be shared at your next event or yeah. for your next loved one. <laughs> there you go. We will be it on Instagram or, or your friend. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. But yeah, I want to thank you, Amber. This has been very uh, fun really delightful. And I am actually going to go check out your happiness hour and buy something today, I think. <laughs> No you pressure. Me. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate it. And thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's Camacho career interview. If you found this helpful, please click subscribe and consider joining the Facebook Camacho career page to follow along with our community and share your feedback or suggestions with us.